Hello everyone and welcome back to Hope Reclaimed. I am Ellie Hope Collins and I am glad that you're here. It's on this podcast that we talk about active and practical ways to step into healing and restoration from divorce, trauma, bad breakups, betrayal. It doesn't matter. There is healing and redemption in Jesus. And today we are continuing our series called Lessons in the Corner. And this is with my husband, Austin Collins. He has a calling on his life and such authority that he walks in. And I am so excited to dig into this message today because it's all about the storms in our life and how that reveals our foundation. What are we standing on? This can be a heavy episode, but it also can be encouraging to know that whatever you're going through can reveal the foundation of Jesus and hope in your life. Let's dig into this episode. What is up, you guys? Praise report for you. Yesterday was the first day in over three weeks that I was able to smell my coffee. So praise God. I I hate not being able to smell my coffee. It is the worst my smell is returning after COVID. <laughs> Thank goodness. What's up? We're back with Lessons in the Corner, an episode, a series that I started uh, several weeks ago. This is number six, I believe. Crazy. Um, also, I'm, I've am i been so, so blessed by these. Like, I'm the one, like, speaking and doing it, but I've been so blessed. God has been so faithful. Just shout out to God himself. <laughs> All glory to God. He has been so faithful to help me and give me the words to say and help me articulate some of these concepts and principles that have been for a very long time stirring in me and hard to articulate, not fully knowing how to say them. And so I am just so blessed and and so humbled um, that God would help me and allow me to to do this. So thank God. Um one quick thing before we jump in. I just want to ask if to I just want to take a moment and ask is there anyone that you know right now that is going through it? Is there anyone in your life that you know that is in their time in the corner that is suffering that is going through their fair share of pain whatever that looks like? Um there are people in your circle that I can't reach And so I just want to encourage you to share this content with them. One super easy way to just partner with our mission to spread hope to the hopeless, to to minister to the brokenhearted, to care for those who are suffering, is to share the content. Um, You can also uh, comment and and, and rate the podcast. That helps with exposure. But please share the content. Ellie and I can't live out our mission by ourselves. We just can't. We have to partner with people. Um, and you as a listener can totally do that. So I just want to encourage you to do that. Um, we're going to jump right in. Excited for today's episode. It's going to be really good. I think it's 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 such a powerful um, lesson that the Lord taught me um, that was kind of hard to hear at times, but also really, really encouraging. Um yeah, so let's just jump right in. We're, we're, I'm going straight to Matthew 7. I'm just going to read a couple quick verses. This is a parable that Jesus gave. He said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against the house, 
and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Something I think that is interesting about this parable is all the houses stood before the storm. Before the storm, it doesn't matter what foundation there was, the house was fine. It probably looked like a nice house. It stood okay in good weather. So one thing that's interesting is it's not when things are going well. It's not in good weather, metaphorically that foundations are revealed. But it's during the storm. So when a storm comes, like in this metaphor that Jesus gave, the foundation was quickly revealed. If a house was built on, a sand, on the sand and a big storm came, it would just blow down the house. There's no foundation. But if there was a foundation, a storm would come and the house would endure and it would stand that test. And that leads to the biggest point of this episode. Here it is. Storms don't build foundations. Storms reveal foundations. Storms don't build foundations. Storms reveal foundations. They show foundations. They, they, give, they shine light onto the foundations. They reveal it. So they don't build it. Like if you're in a storm, it's a, it's a, not a great time to start building a house because it's storming, right? You build a foundation prior to the storm and the storm reveals the foundation for you. So there is something, this is super interesting just to think about. There is something so unique about trials, about pain, about suffering, about storms, about being in the corner. It's so unique. It reveals what your foundation is, but it, it reveals what you really believe. It doesn't build belief. It reveals belief. In a storm, you get to see what you're really made of. You can start to question things. I did. In my time of storm, I questioned so many things. I was like, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. You start to question things. And maybe come to realize you didn't actually believe some of them in the first place. And the storm reveals that. Storms reveal what you really believe and who you are. That's a point I really want to hammer home, which is hard to hear sometimes, but really, really helpful really insightful, really clarifying. Storms reveal, they uncover. So storms don't build foundations, they reveal foundations. Um, failure and sin is a certain kind of storm. Like when you really, just have you ever really, really messed up? Like really messed up? And everyone knows. That's a kind of storm. That is not fun. That's like almost, that's like a kind of sitting in the corner and not doing well. Failure and sin is a kind of storm. And how you respond after sin and after failure tells a lot 
about who you are. Let me give you an example. Um, I'm reading out of Micah here. This Micah is a great example of someone who responded after sin, a biblical character. So, so let me read a few verses here. <clears throat> the godly person has perished from the land, and there is no upright person among them. All of them lie in wait for bloodshed. Each of them hunts the other with a net. Concerning evil, both hands do it well. The prince asks also the judge for a bribe, and a great man speaks the desire of his soul, so they weave it together. The best of them is like a briar, the most upright like a thorn hedge. The day when you post your watchman, your punishment will come. Then the confusion will occur. Do not trust in a neighbor. Do not have confidence in a friend from her who lies in your bosom. Guard your lips. For son treats father contemptuously. Daughter rises up against mother. Daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the men of his own household. So Micah is describing God's people at this time. And he says, the godly person has perished from the land. There's no godly person around. And what's crazy is, he actually includes himself in these statements. As you keep reading, you, you, you see that. Um, he actually includes himself. He's actually one of these people who sinned, who messed up. So let me keep reading. But as for me, I will watch expectantly for the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Though I fall, I will Rise, though I dwell in darkness, the Lord is a light for me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him. Until he pleads my case and executes justice for me, he will bring me out to the light and I will see his righteousness. Hey guys, I'm interrupting this episode to let you know about a really exciting training that I'm doing all about reclaiming Christmas traditions and stepping into new memories this year. On December 17th, 2020, I am doing a training live and it's absolutely free. And this is open to anybody who has something to reclaim this year. It's going to be at 7 p.m. and the information is in my show notes. If you are thinking about Christmas and fear and anxiety is kind of building up in you because of something that you have gone through, or just the fact that 2020 has been really freaking hard, join me for this live training that you can step into Christmas with intentionality and bravery and make new memories and receive the freedom in the old ones, even though it's challenging. So join me on December 17th at 7 p.m. for this free live training, and you can find that information in my show notes. Join me. What did this storm reveal about Micah's character? Micah sinned. Micah was just like everyone else. He was in he, he was all he was in the same boat as everyone else, messed up, ungodly, sinned against God. What revealed what was revealed during the storm? What was revealed was Micah had such a revelation of the love of God that he was able to, in his sin, when he messed up, when he missed it, say, though I have fallen because of my own choices, I'm going to rise because God loves me. The storm revealed that Micah was rooted in God's love, that he was founded 
He had a foundation of God's love. He had such a revelation. Imagine, imagine you, you know, when we really mess up, those are the times we actually don't want to be with God, <laughs> right? Like when I've messed up in the past, I'm like, I need to stay away from God. I have missed it, right? I, I, I really, really messed up this time. Everyone knows it. Lots of shame, lots of condemnation, not doing great right now. I'm just going to avoid God. Micah had such a revelation, imagine having such a revelation of God that in your time of sin, you just sinned. And afterward you say, I know God loves me so much. He is, he will plead my case. Though I fall, I will rise. Though I dwell in darkness now, the Lord is a light for me. He will bring me out to the light. He says, until he pleads my case. That means there will be a day coming. I have faith in God that there will be a day when he pleads my case and causes me to rise. So what's interesting is he was, he was with Israel. Okay. So imagine a ton of houses. They're all people. And you can't tell which ones have foundations and which ones don't. And Mike is one of them. And now a storm comes and it rips, it rips up every house that doesn't have a foundation. It blows it down. It tears everything that has not a foundation. That's basically what happened here. Micah says, but as for me, he's saying, I'm actually different than these other people. I've sinned. Like we're in the same boat that way. I'm a, I'm, I have sinned just like everybody else. So I'm not different in that way, but I'm different in that I know God loves me. I know that he will plead my case. So I'm going to sit here and wait for him. I'm going to trust. I'm going to watch expectantly. That's actually the language he uses in verse seven. But as for me, I will watch expectantly for God. The storm reveals that Micah had a revelation of God that caused him to hope. The storm revealed Micah's character. The storm shined light on Micah's foundation. Storms don't build foundations. Storms reveal foundations. So I said failure and sin is sort of a kind of suffering. It's a kind of being in the corner. Pain and loss and tragedy are also a kind of storm, of course. And, and, and that's sort of where I was. I mean, I've experienced both of these. But suffering and tragedy, um, when your spouse leaves you for someone else, uh, this is in that category. That's a kind of storm too. And how you respond in pain, how you respond in suffering, how you respond in the corner, tells a lot about who you are and what you're founded in, what your foundation is. Let me give you an example. I'm going to go to Lamentations. This is the Lamentations of Jeremiah. Um, super powerful. This time um, of history was very hard. If you read the first couple chapters of Lamentations, you kind of get a picture. This is a time when Jeremiah has been declaring to Israel over and over, please return to God, please come back to him. Because if you keep serving these other gods, he's going to say, if you want those to be your gods, okay, I won't be your God then. 
and he's going to step back and then judgment's going to come. Please return. And he's been doing this for years and years and years and years and years. I can't imagine how wearying that would be. And then it comes to a point where he actually sees the judgment. Enemies from every side come in, murder, kill, and steal Israel. Israel is starving to death, such that it says in chapter 2 that the mothers are actually eating their babies. Such an awful, awful picture. I cannot, I really can't imagine that. And Jeremiah is there with them. And he's there suffering too. He's there starving too, even though he's been proclaiming this. So let me read. Um, this is Lamentations 3. It says, Even when I cry out and call for help to God, he shuts out my prayer. He has blocked my ways with hewn stone. He has made my paths crooked. He has, He is to me like a bear lying in wait, like a lion in secret places. He has turned aside my ways and torn me to pieces. He has made me desolate. He bent his bow and set me as a target for the arrow. He made the arrows of his quiver to enter my inward parts. I've become a laughing stock to all my people. Their mocking song all day. He has filled me with bitterness. He has made me drunk with wormwood. He has made, he has broken my teeth with gravel. He has made me cower in the dust. My soul has been rejected from peace. I have forgotten happiness. So I say, my strength has perished. And so has my hope from God. So hard, such vivid language and torment. So let me keep reading. He says, remember my affliction and my wandering, the wormwood and bitterness. Surely my soul remembers and is bowed down within me. And he says this, this I recall to my mind. He, he's in this pain and he actively remembers something. This I recall to my mind. I remember. Therefore, I have hope. And so he remembers something and his remembrance of that, his active reaching out to that truth causes hope to rise in him in that kind of situation. And he says this, this I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. So what did the storm reveal about Jeremiah? It revealed that Jeremiah had such a revelation of the love of God, an unshakable revelation of the love of God, that he was in that kind of tragedy and pain, able to look up and say, God's love has not failed me. God's love has not failed me. His mercies never end. I know that. They're new every morning. Great is the faithfulness of God. I mean, holy cow. I'm not sure I would have been able to do that. I Honestly, I might have been pointing my finger back at God at that time. Right? Storms don't build foundations, they reveal foundations. And, and here's something, here's something. There is only one foundation 
to true, substantial, real hope. And that's the love of God. There is only one foundation to real hope, and that is God's love for us. So if we want to have hope in hard situations, we don't need to know anything except for the love of God. We need to have a revelation of his love such that when we're in pain, we can say, okay, God, I've fallen, but you love me. And I know I will rise. I know you're going to help me through this and you will be a light to me. This I remember, your love hasn't failed me. Great is your faithfulness. The love of God is the only foundation for real and lasting hope. So for me, um, when I went through my time of pain, of tragedy, of suffering, kind of like I mentioned earlier, something really unique happened. I ended up questioning everything. There was a lot of things I really didn't know. If you'd have asked me, hey, Austin, like, what do you know about God? Or what do you know about things? I would have said, I don't know anything, man. I don't know anything. I, I'm questioning my future right now. I don't know what to believe about God. I, I don't know what to believe about my situation. I don't know what to believe. And the pain caused me to question, and I had a season, like, within my suffering, where I really, really didn't know what to believe. And the storm revealed that there was a lot of things I really didn't believe in the first place. And that was really hard for me. That's a really hard thing to grapple with. A lot of things came out. I mean, sin came out in my life, like, oh, that's there. That's awful. And all these different things started being revealed because the storm was revealing the foundation. This storm was coming through and it was ripping off everything that didn't have a foundation. Just like in Jesus's parable. I built several things on the sand, found that out pretty quickly. Well, I guess I didn't really believe that in the first place. Okay, that's, that's eye-opening. That's, that's clarifying. And covered my sin here. That's interesting. I didn't even know that was there. There, there it is. And the storm came and, and I, I ended up questioning, man, so many things. And it was so hard because one, one term I call it is theological breakdown. It was like my theology just got broken down. And if there was any foundation anywhere, that was revealed. And in this time, there was, however, out of all the questioning, out of all the wondering, all the, I don't know what, I don't know who God is. I don't know what my future looks like about the situation. I don't know, why am I here? I don't, I don't know even why, like, how did I get here? There was one thing that I knew. A week before everything happened, the Lord showed up in my, my life and said, Hosea 2, and showed me and gave me a revelation of his love that I had never experienced before. And then I ended up living out the story in Hosea 2 for the following months. And that's where I was. And I couldn't deny that. I didn't know very much. I was asking, like, God, did you did you cause this? Did you cause it? Like, am I here? Like, why am I here? But one thing I couldn't deny, God loved me. I couldn't deny it. 
I couldn't turn away from it. I know that he showed up a week before it all happened and said, this is the way that I love you. I'm going to pursue you no matter where you're at. And so if you would have asked me, hey, Austin, what do you know? I would have said, I don't know anything, but I cannot deny that God loves me. I can't deny it. He showed up at the right time, and that's the only thing he said, and that's, that's the only thing I have right now. Let me tell you something. That is actually the only thing that you need for hope. That revelation for me of the love of God caused me to hope in him. It shifted my perspective and caused me to look forward into my future and say, God, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know how I got here. I don't know if you like helped me get here. I don't understand this pain, but I know you love me. So I'm going to trust you. I'm going to hope in you right now. Though I fall, I know I'm going to rise because you love me. This I remember and I recall to my mind, your love hasn't failed me. I didn't know many things, but I knew that. I knew that. And that is the one foundation that we need to have real hope in trying times. Storms don't build foundations, they reveal foundations, and the love of God is the only foundation for real and true hope. Just quickly, I just want to read one more scripture. Um, this is coming right out of Ephesians. Ephesians 3, Paul is praying, he says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his, of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Holy Spirit in the inner man, so that... Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of it, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all this fullness of God. In trial and in pain, we need to be rooted and grounded in God's love. We need to be established. To be grounded is to, is to like to lay a foundation of, to settle in. To be rooted in God's love is like to be firmly planted and established. Oh, that we would know his love in trial. That is the thing that gave me hope, let me say. What kind of love is his that in my offense, even, I mean, sin was revealed at that time. The areas in my heart I didn't know existed came up. What kind of love is this that in my offense, he would serve me, that in my wandering, he would pursue me, that in my brokenness, he's actually broken and sitting in the corner with me in my rejoicing, he rejoices. How is it that my wrongful pursuit of everything else as an adulterous wife pursues her lovers that I find him, the God of all, on his knees washing my feet? What kind of love? It is the kind that is well able to outrun my offense. It is the kind that is well able to outrun your offense. My sin has never been 
more relentless than his tender care for me. Every day he gives to me, and every moment he is for me. Who am I that the one who made, just, just think about this, the one who made the sun and the sky, the blazing sun and the raging sea, the king of kings, the ruler to whom none can compare, would give to me and give to me and give to me in my pain, no matter where I am, and give to me and give to me and give to me. There is no love like his still waters on a breezeless day do not compare to his gentleness in my pain. If one were to love me as greatly as the sky is vast, I would be unworthy, but his love would be greater still, and there is no comparison. If I could somehow describe to you, I've just tried, I've tried, like, how do I even express this great love which is causing me to hope in a hopeless situation? How do I even express it? If I could somehow describe the height and majesty and agelessness of, like, mountains, or somehow paint the width and breadth and depth of the oceans, his love would be greater still. If I could describe every day to you of my life that his loving kindness has remained faithful to me, every second he has loved me with an unchanging love, his love would be greater still. It doesn't waver. It cannot be exhausted. It does not grow tired or weary. His love is patient. His love is kind. His love is deep, the depths of which cannot be fathomed, not in a million years. Will we come to know it or reach its end? And when we have that revelation that he loves us. See, when Micah went through a storm, the storm revealed he had a foundation. He knew God loved him. And so he said, God's going to plead my case. And when Jeremiah went through his storm, it re the storm revealed he had a foundation. He was founded in God's love. And he remembered, God hasn't failed me. When we have a revelation of the way that God feels about us, of the way he loves us, it brings us to hope. It is the very foundation of hope itself. You cannot hope, in, you cannot hope period, without God's love. You can't do it. Storms don't build foundations, they reveal them. Hope has only one foundation, that's the love of God. So let me ask you a question. I want you to really think about this one. What has the storm revealed? What has the suffering and the pain revealed? What has the storm, the being in the corner, revealed about what you really believe? What has the storm revealed about your character? About who you are? I know that can be a really hard thing, a really challenging thing. I had those questions come up like, wow, this showed me that I'm here and I'm not really where I thought I was. And that can be a really hard thing to swallow. If you are in the corner and you're going through it, if you're in a storm and you're questioning God's love for you, 
And maybe God's love hasn't quite been the foundation of your life. There is no shame. There's no shame. I can't condemn you. And I don't. And I was there myself many times. God, do you, do you love me? I don't even know right now. There is no shame. It's actually a mercy of God, though, to show you, to reveal, to uncover what you're really standing on. It's actually his mercy. It's a beautiful thing. It's a kind thing. It's a loving thing to say, you're standing on the sand. You don't have to stand there anymore. Come stand on the rock. Come stand on the rock where there's hope, where hope is planted. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're there, that's okay. There's no shame. But now the light has been shown on where you're standing, wherever that is. And we have a choice where we can come and stand on the rock. The real foundation, the mighty love of God, which let me tell you something never, ever fails. And it, man, it's such a powerful lesson for me. One, just the idea that, man, this storm like revealed a lot of things about what I really believe and who I am. But then this idea that when we're going through it, just in closing here, when we're going through it and we don't see our future and we don't see hope, we can actually reach out and extend our faith to God and say, but I know God loves me. God loves me. And he will bring me through the situation. I don't even see how yet. I don't even know why I'm here. There's a lot of things I don't know, but I know he loves me. And we can actually choose to hope in him and stand on that foundation. And guess what? He will. He will every time. And I can say that from experience. There were so many times he, t- he taught me this lesson. And the next day, something awful would happen. Bam, something happens. I found something about my wife that I didn't know about. Oh, she's not, she's doing drugs now. Great. Okay. Um, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know how to do this. But God, you love me, right? Like, you showed me that. And so I'm going to trust you that you're working this for my good, that you're going to bring me through this somehow, that there's hope for me, that you have a future for me. And I did that so frequently. I had to do it, man. I had to remind myself sometimes every day. But oh, what a lesson. And oh, what a mercy of God to reveal to us where we're really standing and to show us where our character is really at. It can be really hard to swallow, but let me, there's no shame. There's no shame. We can make the choice now to stand on the foundation. God, I'm going to trust that you love me. I'm going to trust you're going to bring me through. You love me. And even though I don't know very many things, we don't need to know everything in storms. I had to like, that was one thing that was super hard for me. I had to swallow this idea that I didn't know what my future was going to be. And I didn't know where I was going. That was actually super hard. I remember writing in my journal one day. I've learned that it's okay not to know what's happening. It's okay. But we need to return to what we do know. And oh, that we'd be founded in his love. So I just want to encourage each of you. Oh, how he loves you. And he's been pursuing you. And if you haven't gotten that reminder, take it from me. 
He loves you and his love will never, ever fail you. And it really is the foundation of hope. So with that, I just want to end things. Stay encouraged. Keep going. And I will see you guys in the next one.